The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Sometimes it's the normal, sometimes it's the abnormal, and sometimes it's the paranormal. But it's all beyond reality. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's Beyond Reality Radio. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. We're going to be talking about a couple of things tonight with our guest. Natasha Rosewood will be with us in just a little bit. Natasha is a quantum healer, an inspirer of intuitive intelligence, and an author. And she's going to talk about what quantum healing is, what it means, what she does for her clients, plus how she helps clear ghosts for people. Those ghosts can be alive or dead. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but Natasha will tell us when we have her on. Um, I wanted to bring up something because last night we were talking uh, specifically about Lyme's disease and tick-borne illness, and it just so happens that Prevention Magazine uh, had very recently released an article that uh, offers a list of things you need to do if you find a tick on your body. And I thought it was very, very appropriate to just kind of go through some of these things for people because it is a, a, a very uh, becoming a very common problem. Tick, the tick population has exploded, and the whether it's on your pets or you're finding them on yourself or your kids, ticks are, are becoming um, a real nuisance, and they are carrying diseases that can be very, very serious. So uh, the Prevention Magazine talks about uh, if you, uh, whenever you go outside, regardless, your backyard, the woods, a field uh, with tall grass, you really need to check yourself particularly in hard-to-look places, which makes it even more difficult. Behind the ears, between the toes, if you don't have shoes on, um, behind the knees, any place that uh, the skin is exposed, especially, you need to look. But not just there, because they can go up your pant leg, too. You have to be very, very cautious. But if you happen to find a tick on your body and it has attached itself, you need to remove it right away. The, seed, the, the article here says, put down petroleum jelly, essential oils, matches, nail polish, and some other of these nonsense fixes that have been circulating on the Internet. The only safe way to get a tick out intact is to use a pair of fine-tipped tweezers. With the tweezers, this is according to the CDC now, with the tweezers, grasp the tick as close as you can to the surface of your skin. Using steady, even pressure, pull the tick upward in one swift motion without jerking it or twisting it. If parts of the tick are left inside your skin, try to remove them with the tweezers. If you're not able to, you can just let the skin heal because the mouth of the tick, if it's still in your skin, does not carry disease. You can treat it like a splinter. You can try to dig it out or let let it work its way out, but there's no real risk from the mouth parts. Once you've done that, clean the area with alcohol. And you should save the tick. That's a good idea because if you develop symptoms later, you can actually bring the tick to the doctors and they can analyze it to see what kind of tick it is and what kind of disease it could carry. But in the meantime, just put it in a Ziploc bag of some kind and hold on to it for a while until you see what happens to the wound. Now, some people may want to rush to the doctor right after they find a tick on their body and have to remove it. But it's probably not a good idea because up to one in four blood tests used to diagnose things like Lyme disease actually show a false positive or a false negative. So the thing to do is to keep an eye on the wound. And then if you notice a rash forming around the area, that's when you need to go to the doctor. The other thing you really should do is try to prevent these tick bites to begin with. There's many, many ways to uh, buy and, and apply tick repellent or other insect repellent. DEET is obviously a very important ingredient, but also the clothing you wear will uh, help you, um, you know, as covered as possible, particularly if you know you're going into an area that is uh, at high risk, woods, tall grass, that kind of thing. Keeping your lawn manicured, cutting back brush, raking leaves, that kind of thing will help prevent ticks from showing up near your home. And also very, very important, check your pets because a tick can uh, land on your pet, be brought into the house, and the next thing you know, it's on you. So um, we actually are going to bring somebody on in the near future to talk about this stuff because it is becoming a real serious problem, and uh, people are kind of scratching their heads as to what to do, no pun intended there. Uh, Coming up on the program, just looking ahead a little bit, we've got uh, a best of tomorrow night, of course, Friday, 
Monday night, Michael Mays will be here. Michael is a cryptid seeker and the author uh, of uh, many books. He's going to come back to brief us on chupacabras, black pumas, and his recent trip to Area X. And then Tuesday night, Kathleen Martin, who is an author and a UFO researcher, will be here to talk about what to do if you've been abducted by aliens. That'll be a really interesting discussion. Um, Then later in the week, Rob Jung will be here, author and an adventurer. He'll talk about cloud warriors of Peru, poisons from the jungle, and his own personal paranormal experiences. A lot of great stuff coming up here on Beyond Reality Radio. Again, I'll urge you to stop by Facebook and like us on Facebook, Beyond Reality Radio. Also, my personal Facebook page, JV Johnson, or you can find it by looking for at JVJ Paranormal. And then YouTube has a great resource for you if you enjoy the program. If you don't have a radio station in your area carrying it, you can actually catch a live stream of the program. I'm waving now to our YouTube live stream watchers. And there's a great chat room there. Also, about 300 archive programs. A lot of great interviews there with a lot of great people right on the YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for J.V. Johnson and you'll find it. All right, let's go to break. When we come back, we'll bring our guest in. Tonight, we're talking with Natasha Rosewood on Beyond Reality Radio. Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else else has them all you have to do is find noodle shark on facebook search it as the noodle shark that's the noodle shark because you deserve to save too become a shark and save jot down the phone number because we will be taking your phone calls for readings with our guests and in a little bit uh, the number is 844-687-7669 and uh, you're welcome to call once we say we will open the phone lines second hour is when we'll be doing that in the program. But our guest tonight is Natasha Rosewood. Her website, by the way, is her name, NatashaRosewood.com. And she's the author of several books, including Og, I think um, Psychic Og, I Thought You Were Dead, and Mostly True Ghostly Stories. Natasha, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Oh. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to the show. Okay, so I just have to ask you about the titles of the book because it's hard to pronounce Og, but you, basically <laughs> it's like, ah, right? I mean, that's what you're trying to that's say in right. those titles. That's right. There's a story to that because as many psychics will attest, they often resist becoming psychic, and I knew it probably at 22 when I started reading palms in the U.K., then emigrated to Canada eight years later, and I did a reading on this person, and six months later, a friend called and said, Every, absolutely everything came true, and I went, ah, I think I'm psychic. <laughs> so that became the story, the title of the book. And, and that's very, very true. We've had several people on the program that said initially when they started to have these sensitivities and recognize them, they were really apprehensive and a bit, um, in some cases, afraid to allow <laughs> these, uh, these senses to flow. Absolutely. I mean, it's all I read about. I've been studying metaphysics, I think, since I was 14, various aspects of it. But when I was told by the psychic, oh, my God, Natasha, you're so psychic. You've got this amazing gift. And I went, no, don't tell me that. I don't want people to know me as that. I wanted to be a business person. But now I have a business being a psychic and quantum healer and ghostbuster and past life aggressionist. So it's all good. It's all good now. And you, I've taken it on. Yeah, and you you spent some time as a flight attendant for a while, right? I did, and I flew for eight years, based in the UK, flying all over Europe. I speak five languages, flew to destinations in the US, and I actually spent three months in Libya flying for Gaddafi's airline when he was still there. Oh, wow. Taking um, Libyans on their um, Hajj to Jeddah in Saudi Arabia, in, to Mecca, rather, in Saudi Arabia. So that was very, it was a very interesting time, and you get to know humanity that way. Yeah, does does the ability to speak uh, so many languages help you in this line of work as, you know, helping people? I think there's a part of my brain that's uh, very much into communication and sensitivity, and I think it's that part of the brain, it might be the frontal lobe, I'm not too sure, it's definitely right brain, that I think just allows me to really be sensitive to language, to feeling, to 
um, you know, being empathetic, uh, sensing, smelling, psychically. It's very interesting. I think uh, they don't really understand how the brain works with, with psychic ability, but to me it's just an ability to um, travel the brain waves and really be able to project into the future what the person is thinking and feeling and then seeing manifestations of that. So I think language has is, is to do with the same part of the brain as is writing because I love writing as well. Did you um, have or recognize, I should say, because you probably had them, but recognize your psychic abilities while you were a flight, inten- flight attendant? I was kind of just starting to explore palmistry at that time in a serious way. And I did actually take on passengers and say, hey, do you want to be my next victim? I'm going to read your palm, but don't listen to what I say because I don't know that I'm right. And I was just reading the lines at the time. And passengers would say, oh, my God, how do you know that? And I go, I don't know. So I think what happened after that, I wanted to know how I could know. So I wanted to understand how I was psychic. And I really studied that. I studied other psychics. And for 20-plus years, I have now been teaching psychic development and intuitive development and helping other people um, not be afraid of their ability or understand their ability and um, understand in the way they are psychic and how they can use it because some people are spirit mediums, some people are empaths, some people are healers, some people are, you know, um, psychic. They can see into the future. So I'm sure you know this. We all have uh, different abilities in this, in the metaphysical area. And it really is very rewarding to have a lot of my students go on to be good psychics. And when I say good psychics, not just know the future, but be responsible with the information and do it well in a healing kind of modality. You, uh, One reason I asked that question is because as a flight attendant, obviously you're uh, you know, on planes a lot. And that's a yeah. silly thing to even say, but you were. And uh, if you had sensitivity, did you ever have a, a, a situation where you had a premonition that you shouldn't get on a plane? Oh, well, <laughs> that's a really good question because um, doing a lot of short-haul flying from um, basing Gatwick and all around Europe, we were flying very hard, and I get very tired. And often when I was tired, I would think, no, am I tired? Is this the reason why I don't? feel this is a good idea, or is it intuition? But there was one event where I did sense, I didn't like the fact that we were all called out on this um, November evening, I hate to say it, but it was a dark and stormy night, (laughs) (laughs) and the four of us, uh, there were four cabin crew and three flight deck crew, we did a flight from Gatwick to Stuttgart, and as we landed, there was no reverse thrust. And I thought we were spiraling down the runway and anticipating why aren't we, why wasn't any reverse thrust and anticipating maybe we're going to collide with another aircraft. And it turned out that the tailplane on this old aircraft, the two of the three struts had broken off. And this tailplane was flapping around in the breeze and it looked like it had been chewed up by a tin opener. And I really don't know, Jason, how we we made it wow. through. It was a miracle. And it, but I did have a bad feeling about that. But we did survive it. It could have been fatal for all of us. Yeah, we could have. There been any crosswinds. We could have landed up in the grass and tumbled and burst into flames. Um, but we survived it. Thank you very much. Yeah. And um, after that, I'd always ask my spirit guides and angels to come in and say, "Please keep us safe." And uh, so that was one of the incidents. And when I was in Libya, it was kind of funny because the flying was pretty precarious. The planes rolled. They probably shouldn't have been flying, but um, I used to pray to my God and say, if you get me out of this one, I'll do something really special. And so now this is what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then there's something divine in all of that, I guess. Um, We have to go to break. We have to go to break here in in about a minute. But I just want to get a a preview of uh, when we take calls later and you do readings, what kind of readings are you going to do for listeners and what information will you need? And we'll do this in the second hour of the show.
Okay, I just like their first name and their age, and what maybe what their question is. That would be helpful. So, like a specific question, like uh, you know, how are my, how are my finances? What's going to happen to my job? That kind of thing. Exactly. Okay, uh, and we'll do like I said, we'll do that in the second hour of the program. Now, you have um, two books that start with the Og <laughs> title. Uh, the second is I thought you were dead. What's that one about? Okay, so the the way I came across this title was um, because my uh, fiance, um, well, my boyfriend of two years, proposed on a Wednesday and dropped dead on a Monday. And that was very traumatic, of course. And one day I was thinking about the title for this book, which is really about our past lives, cellular memory, uh, um, uh, spirits of animals, our pets, ghosts, uh, soul retrieval, all these different stories, plus um, stories from my family as well and my own life as, as a psychic. And anyway, one day I was walking down the street, and I'm thinking, what shall I call this book? And this vehicle came along, and I swear it was my deceased fiancé sitting in the driver's seat. Oh, wow. And I actually screamed, and I went, oh, I thought you were dead. Oh, wow. And then I thought, oh, that's the title of my book. Thank you. Well, (laughs) yeah, sorry for your loss there. Obviously, that's very traumatic. And we're going to be taking your calls for readings later in the show at 844-687-7669. Natasha, what is quantum healing? Well, I'm so glad you asked, JB. So I know there are different versions of quantum healing, but the what I do for people, as, a, as opposed to sitting them down and reading them and tuning into all their levels of consciousness and seeing what is potentially available to them in their higher selves, what quantum healing does is go into our story that we've created for ourselves so far in our lives. And as you know, we all have traumas, losses, grief, uh, blame, shame, guilt, all that good stuff that can really impact us and give us very negative uh, subconscious beliefs about our self-image. And so the subconscious, I believe, kind of runs the show. So if we've got these negative subconscious beliefs, we're going to be limited in what we will allow ourselves to have in terms of money, love, wealth, health, success. And I've seen this over my 45 years of reading people. I've seen this so many times where I've seen so much potential and then so many people are blocked. So what the quantum healing is, the first hour is going through that story and seeing what events still have an emotional charge on the psyche and finding out from the results of their lives what their subconscious beliefs are. And then in the second hour, we go into, well, what do you want your new reality to be? What is your higher self doing in this other dimension which already exists? So rather than manifesting and creating this new reality, we actually work on the premise that it's already there on, say, frequency 9, but we're vibrating on frequency 2, so we can't see it and it's not available to us. So in the process of quantum healing, I take the person from frequency 2 up to frequency 9, give them a guided visualization meditation healing, which after the session they play for 21 days at least, or up to 30 days as they go to sleep so that that new image is embedded in the subconscious and they wake up with new belief systems which create a better reality. When you say wake up, do you mean that the, the therapy or the reading or the work you do with them, they're in, a, in a, either uh, some type of uh, trance or asleep, or are you saying they go home and when they, you know, the next day they wake up and they have this new, uh, new uh, perspective on life? Uh, no, in the session, so I, I record a guided visualizing meditation in which the client is probably just going to go into an alpha state, so between the conscious mind and the subconscious. But in that state, they have access to both the conscious and the subconscious. I see. When they take the, um, I send them the guided visualization recording after the session, and then I ask them to play it every night just before they go to sleep. 
So they're relaxing into it. And that, that message in the guided visualization, which they've kind of given me an idea of what they want, and I'm, I've tailored the meditation to what they want using the words to give them the emotional charge, the positive emotional charge. When they play that for 21 days, as you probably know, it takes that long to change the subconscious mind completely. So I'm having great results with this. People say it's very powerful. They love the process. They love the process. And um, they, they're calling me back and saying, well, this is happening and then this relationship improved or, hey, I got my new job. Things open up for the client into new realms of possibility. Uh, more and more research is indicating that the status of our mental health affects our bodily health as well. Do you think uh, this is yeah. more important now than it ever has been? Absolutely, JB. So you probably know that the suicide rate has increased since 1999 by 33%. And I noticed this in my client. I, I did seven readings one day, and four of those people had lost people to suicide. And it's just, for me, mental health is the thing. Uh, my own story is, you know, I would say if my mother hadn't been psycho, I wouldn't be psychic. So I've been on the receiving end of that. And it's not only very sad, it's a waste of our energy and our humanity. And it doesn't have to be that way. So I agree with you, our spiritual state actually impacts our mental health and our physical health. And so my thing always is if we can get the spirit feeling at ease instead of dis-ease and at peace with itself and happy and in that higher frequency, then the body and the mind will be healthy. You also uh, infuse some humor into what you do and how you work with your clients. Where does the humor come in? I got to laugh. I got to have fun with this. If I'm not having fun, I don't want to do it. And I think laughter really is the best medicine. I think when we can laugh at a situation, it means we've got past the main trauma of it or the main emotion of it and are able to look back and say, oh, silly me, or that's kind of funny. I'm sure you've been in situations where at the time you thought, oh, my God, I hope I get out of this, and this isn't funny at all, but three months later it's the best story you've got to tell your friends. Yes, exactly. Right? And I like what the Buddhists say about our, um, our issues, our tragedies, is to tell the story the way it actually happened and then to tell the story as if it happened to somebody else, so from the witness self, and then tell the story as if it's the funniest thing that ever happened. And for me, humor is just, it breaks the ice, it, it heals, it makes people get in touch with their own truth and their connection to what really is. And I think when we can laugh at a situation, we are in our truth. The uh, difference between the life that people leave, lead excuse me, and the life that they're meant to lead, um, what causes someone to lose sight of the mi- life they were meant to leave? Well, I can speak from my own experience, but I see it in all my clients as well, that life can kind of chew us up and spit us out sometimes. And we don't understand why. And we think that event happened to us and we get into victim mode and we lose, lose our power, we lose our confidence and we think that's the way life is, life is tough and then you die. And what I try and instill into my clients and many of them are very awake at this point, um, is that things happen for us. So, Everything that's negative that we experienced, it wasn't the God or the powers that be having a bad day. On some level, we might have created that because there's a gift in it for us of evolution, strength, uh, finding our life purpose. It can be karma sometimes. But to be able to look at those really horrendous things as being, oh, wait a minute, you know, Ten years later, and looking back on it, maybe that was not such a bad thing because I learned this from it. And I told you earlier that, you know, my fiancé died. And after he went, I really got very strongly into the spirit medium side of things, which I hadn't done before. 
And I was asking, I was motivated to ask so many more questions. Like, why? <laughs> why did that happen? And, um, and so I think if you look for why you created it, what's the gift in that, what could possibly be the benefit to me of that, then you can move forward because you're re-empowered. You're not in victim mode anymore. You're empowered. And it's like, well, if I created this, I can uncreate it and I can create something better. So it's putting you in the position of writer, producer, director of your own movie again. If someone is living their life day to day, you know, going through uh, the trials and tribulations of, that everybody faces, how would they know if they are living the life they are meant to live or something less than that? I think they would feel, they would know their level of misery or joy or frustration or dissatisfaction. I always say to people that you know how you're doing by the results that you get. So if somebody, for example, is being disrespected a lot, um, they have people, for whatever reason, treating them badly or unjustly, um, normally it's because we're wearing something in our psyche, in our aura, that says, you know, I'm not empowered at this time, and I'm not empowered because I'm not happy, I'm not doing what I love, I'm not painting on weekends, or I'm not going to ballet lessons, or becoming the CEO of my company, I'm not pushing myself to that end. And some some of us kind of hide out, I think, you know. It takes courage to really be fully who you are and step into your highest potential because it means being authentic, being an individual, and taking risks. And a lot of us say, no, I think I'll just stay back here in the shadows. I might be miserable and I might be frustrated, but, you know, feel safer back here. And then I think we get to a point where we're just bored of being in that little corner or that little box and say, I want out of here. I want to have some life. And that's when people make the changes and start to move forward toward their highest potential. NatashaRosewood.com, several books to her credit. You'll find information about all of that on the website. Natasha, we've got a few minutes here in this segment. Before we go to the top of the hour break, I want to talk about ghosts a little bit because you talk about clearing and helping people with ghosts. When we're talking about ghosts in that sense, what exactly are we talking about? Well, I feel that there are many forms of ghosts. And funny enough, I did a ghost busting this morning remotely, and I actually felt that the person who was living in the house was uh, repressing some very big energy, so a lot of power, because they'd gone through something and they wanted to move on to something else, but they weren't giving themselves permission. And it was causing a little bit of poltergeist activity. But combined with that, there were deceased loved ones that were around this person as well, wanting to urge them to move forward. Plus, they were living in an area, there was a two or three houses together, where these ghosts were kind of passing through some of them, and some were stuck. So it was, it was very interesting for me, because it was a ghost-busting combo of helping the individual, um, helping the deceased uh, spirits, and also the people, the spirits that were stuck there. Um, so... You know, there are many types of ghosts. There are imprints. There are just uh, the imprints I call the echo of the event. They're not actually the essence of the spirit, but there's still a reverberation going on in the house. And we have our own ghosts. And, And this is kind of, I kind of feel like that in this day and age with this, uh, with ascension or the Schumann resonance or the increase in energy, whatever you want to call this on the planet, where our electromagnetic energy has gone from 7.85 hertz to 25, between 25 and 36, it's really amplifying everything. So the negative and the positive. So I think it's essential now that we all look at our dark side, our ghosts, stuff we're hanging on to, things we haven't forgiven, and ghosts dead or alive. I feel need to be cleared from the planet like a big cloud so that we can, so humanity can evolve into this high frequency comfortably and easily and effortlessly. So when people come to me with things that they haven't 
resolved or they're still grieving. It's to me, when I do a reading, it's a bit like a ghost busting and helping them make peace with that piece of themselves that they haven't accepted or embraced yet. And then that allows them to move forward. When we talk about healing ghosts, um, are you talking about helping the ghostly presence itself or the person who's being affected by it? Both, because I feel that, and I lived in a haunted house in England, and I used to think maybe I'm the ghost. And I think we sometimes attract, we're attracted to either the, the haunted place because of the ghost, or we attract the attachment, you know, uh, lost souls sometimes attract, attach themselves to us because they like us or we've had a similar loss or a similar energy or they're learning from us. So for me, it's a, it's a duality of healing the spirit and the people that are haunting them. Why do some souls, spirits, whatever we want to call them, stay? Is it voluntary or are they trapped in some fashion? Well, I often think it's very much like my clients who are repeating the same old, same old. They're on this loop where they won't get off it, they won't forgive, they won't release in their mind. And the ghost is just like that, but without a physical body. And I have to say, I feel so rewarded when I am able to release a spirit that has been stuck in this loop who's been lonely and alone and not able to communicate their sorrow or their sadness and and move go up into the high frequency of what I call heaven. And it's so beautiful to be able to quantum heal that spirit when they've been stuck for so long and then release them, ask them if they want to be released. They say, yes, I bring in the help. Some of them don't feel good enough to go to heaven. Guilt can often be a, a problem. Um, an unjust death, uh, feeling like they were uh, not finished with their life, not wanting to move on. So there are many, many reasons why spirits do stay attached. This morning, I felt like one of these spirits that I cleared was actually a pedophile. And he felt so um, steeped in shame that he didn't believe he deserved to go to heaven. So I brought in some angels and helped uh, forgive him, say he was sick, which he was, and to release all those other spirits, those other young men who he had impacted in his life, and to cut the cord so he was free to go and do the work that he needed to do in that other dimension because there was no point in him staying on this plane. Um Another boy, um, another spirit had drowned, and he was so aware after he died of the grief he brought to his parents um, that he also felt, oh, I need to stick around and maybe I can help, and I'm guilty, and I don't want to cause all this pain. Um, so it was letting him know that there was nothing more to be done here, that his parents had moved on, and that it was now his time to move on and evolve into the high dimension where he could do the work, continue to evolve. Just looking ahead quickly as to what we've got coming up on the show, tomorrow night is a best of, as every Friday is. Monday, we're going to be talking about cryptids with Michael Mays. He'll be returning to the program to talk about chupacabras, black pumas, and his recent trip to Area X. And then on Tuesday, Kathleen Marden will be here. She's an author, and she's a UFO researcher. And she'll tell us what we need to do if we've been abducted by aliens or if we suspect we have been. That's Tuesday night's discussion here on Beyond Reality Radio. But again, tonight we're talking with Natasha Rosewood. Natasha is a quantum healer, an inspirer of intuitive intelligence, and also an author. Her website is her name, NatashaRosewood.com. Several books to her credit. And uh, Natasha, you know, I, I noticed one thing that... Um, about you that you're a reincarnation of a of a gypsy how did you find that yeah how did you find that out well i've done several um past life regressions i give them and i've received them and i've always felt that i was a wanderer and a funny story if i've got two minutes is that I was with my husband in Calgary about to give a talk on manifestation 
And one of the ladies came in, she professed to be psychic, and she said, oh, I see that you two uh, used to travel around in a blue wagon around Romania. And I said, yeah, we were gypsies. (laughs) And we still are in this lifetime. So it feels um, very, I'm sure it was a promise then too. And we traveled and we did our thing. Does that give you some kind of um, advantage? Uh, Is there a spiritual connection there that helps you in what you do? I think so. I think for all of us, you know, we go through many lifetimes and we accumulate knowledge. And I don't think that knowledge ever really leaves us. It's there embedded in our soul, our spirit, our subconscious. And then when we reawaken it, it just kind of floods back. So I think for me, I've been a psychic. I feel like a very old soul. I've been a psychic for absolutely ever. And it just feels like it's part of my DNA. So maybe it is because of that. But Having said that, I think we're all, with this new frequency, we're all starting to wake up to our intuitive slash psychic abilities. So maybe we're all bringing forth all our knowledge that from our lifetimes. So it's going to be interesting. All right, so we're going to start taking some phone calls here. And when we put you on the air, uh, Natasha needs your name. Just We're just going to go with first names. Your age. Yeah your age, and uh, a, a simple question that Natasha can address. So let's start with Melody. Melody's calling from Georgia. Hi, Melody. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Melody. Hi. Um, like I said, I'm 42 years old, and I'm fine for your parents around me, or is it somebody else? I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? She asked if, her, if she feels a presence around her, Natasha, and she wants to know if it's okay. her grandparents or someone else. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, I want to say it could be somebody else. And Melody, are you going through um, some kind of emotional, big emotional upset at the moment? Has there been a, a big loss recently for you? I have high-functioning autism, so I get scared easily. You have autism, so you scary, get scared easily. Okay. Okay. I get, I okay. panic attacks. Panic attacks, sure. Oh. Okay. So that's what I'm, I'm sensing a bit. Um, I have to say that I feel that you are um, being very protected right now. I feel like there's almost an angelic presence around you. So this, if you were close to your grandparents, if that feels right for you, I could feel them being around you. But I feel there's a very strong protective energy around you. So somebody is your guardian angel, and being a bit of a buffer for you, especially right now, because I just feel that you need that little bit of extra support and feeling safe. So you're good. Thank you. Thank you, Melody, for the phone call. We appreciate uh, the call, and it sounds like it's good news for you here. Let's go to Georgie. Georgie's in Florida. Hi, Georgie. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. We need your age so, uh, and a question. Yeah, I'm 59. Yeah, I'm 59. And uh, my question would be, um, do you, uh, can you give me any advice as to how to cope with the uh, recent loss of my mom? And my dad's been gone for many years already, and I'm getting to be middle age, and I'm not married with any children. I'm getting really nervous and kind of insecure. And I wonder yeah, if you had any uh, yeah. advice for me. Well, I'm sorry for your loss, Georgie. I know that feeling of feeling alone and isolated. And um, what I'm going to say to you, first of all, and this sounds probably like common sense, is to be very, very gentle with yourself. Um, I'm not sure when your mom passed, but it's a feeling that you're going to need some grieving time. Um, And I feel Mm -hmm. there's a, a woman, a female friend around you that I don't know if she's in your life right now. It feels like she is. She might even be a neighbor or somebody that you don't expect compassion from or friendship from. And I feel yeah. like she, you know, she wants to bring you apple pie or something to, to comfort yeah. you. I feel when you've done your first uh, round of grieving is that yeah. you have some energy to give others. And I could see you getting, actually putting out energy to give to others. Um, I don't know if you're very funny when you're in a good space feels like you have a good sense of humor. I see you actually being very good with people a little bit older than yourself. 
So it's a feeling of um, love that you have to give and a value that you have. And I think the more uh, when we're feeling alone like that, the more we kind of give out to others, the more healing comes to us. And you never know out of that comes friendships, a new life, new activities, that kind of thing. So I want you to know, Georgie, you are never, ever alone. I know it feels Thank that you. way, but you, I feel like your mom is around you and your dad. And I want to say grandparent, too. I feel like okay, a much older great. person being with you. So you're not alone. So talk to your, um, I say your dead peeps, but they're not really dead. Uh, yeah. Talk to them and just okay. feel connect, connection with them. Okay. Georgie, okay. I will. Thank you. Thank you for the phone call, Georgie. You know, um, Natasha, these are obviously brief, very quick readings, but if somebody was interested in a more thorough session with you, how would they do that? Um, they could go to my website, JB, com, and they can book a psychic reading. I do uh, phone, Skype, Zoom. I'm up in Canada, so they can connect with me that way. And I do about 75% of my business uh, remotely. So it's easy for, to get in contact. All the prices and all the information is on the website. Perfect. Let's go to Doreen. Doreen's in Buffalo, New York. Hi, Doreen. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? Great. We need your age and your okay. question. I'm 62. Awesome. And what's your question, Doreen? Um, I just wanted to know what you can see in my upcoming next year. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, are you, um, I'm feeling like you're going through a change, so I don't know if you've been yeah. working or retiring, but it's a feeling of shifting in terms of your focus. I'm even feeling that you might be moving, but not very far, like moving residentially, or it might just be in the job, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if you moved residentially, but not Terribly far away, you know, one within one to two hours from where you're currently living. And right. I don't know if you're in relationship now, Doreen, but it feels Am like I, me? something. I, I don't know if you're in relationship right now. No, I'm not. Okay. Well, that's the good news. I feel like there's kind of a new life unfolding for you, and I feel that there's another relationship coming in for you. Okay, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Doreen, thank you for the phone call from Buffalo. Um, we, we air on WBEN in Buffalo. Love love the audience in Buffalo. Let's take one more call here before our break. The phone number, by the way, is 844-687-7669. This is Erica in Wichita, Kansas. Hi, Erica. Welcome to the show. Hi. I am Hi. 43, and I guess I have a question about, like, I feel really kind of stuck, kind of lost. Uh, I switched careers a few years ago, and I still feel like I'm always, I never have enough money. And so I do all kinds of different things. I'm in real estate. I drive Uber and Lyft. I do, I do all kinds of different things, but I never have enough money. And I feel like I can't fix up my house. I can't move. I can't, I can't do anything. And I'm, I don't know. I just, I feel really stuck. And so I thought I'd see if you have any advice for me. Erica, this is a great question because a lot of people are feeling stuck right now. But what I get specifically with you is, and this is kind of a very deep question you need to ask yourself, what am I not giving myself permission to do that I absolutely really want to do and really love? Because I feel like you're doing everything else that's distracting and not having, uh, you know, feeling like you have a lack of money is like saying I'm not good enough to have enough money. And, and not doing what you love is saying the same thing. I'm not worthy to be to do this thing that I really want to do. Um, I'm going to I do a YouTube channel, and I've got something coming up next week on getting unstuck. And I'm also okay. going to be doing a Facebook Live. So if you want to look for me, I talk about being stuck a lot, and some of those things might help you, or a reading, a full-on reading would be good. That sounds fantastic. Thank you very much. But again, before we go into this next call, Natasha, um, you offer a lot of different services on your website. What are a couple things that folks can find there? Uh, First, psychic readings, uh, quantum healing, past life aggressions, ghost busting, and psychic intuitive coaching if anybody wants to develop their own ability. 
It's all right there on NatashaRosewood.com. Let's go to Rebecca. Rebecca is in Newbury, Florida. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to the program. Hey, JB. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Yes. Hi, Natasha. Hi. Hi, Rebecca. Uh, can I I'm one of those. I'm 52. My name is Rebecca. I'm one of those that are stuck. I'm in limbo. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm kind of frustrated. Um, got a lot of things going on. And right. um, just, you know, I have a lot of opportunities. I just don't know what direction to go in. Um, okay. Kind of have some okay. sadness in my heart with my kids. They don't talk to me. I'm alcoholic. Things okay. happened, and that's the way it is. So at my time yeah. in my life right now, um, you know, I just broke up with a longtime boyfriend. That was a not a very healthy environment and relationship. So I want to know going forward, what do you see okay. – me where I'm going. Well, right off the bat, Rebecca, I get that you need to grieve something and you haven't given yourself permission to grieve. So when we don't grieve properly, it kind of stays in us like a big old cloud and we can feel very stuck. So I think you might need help with this, like a grief counselor or somebody to talk to, to really sort out your feelings because I feel like they're kind of tied up in knots right now. I don't know if you'd agree with me. And once you've done that work, and it is work sometimes, but, you know, it's very worthwhile, I feel that you're going to need like six to eight months to kind of really sort through this. And then I feel like next year you're coming out of it and being having absolute clarity. But I would highly recommend you get somebody to support you on this journey, whoever that is. I prefer a grief counselor for you just because I'm feeling there's some deep grief that you haven't allowed yourself. And probably, perhaps, why are you drinking? I can't judge you on that one or, you know, assume anything. But, you know, a lot of us do stuff our feelings by using um, coffee or chocolate or alcohol or drugs or whatever it is uh, so we yeah. don't have to feel. And I think you need to yeah. feel. And that's, that's where it begins. Thank you. Rebecca, okay. thank you. Yes, thank you for calling, and, and good luck. Um, I, I hope that that does help. Um, okay, so we're going to go to break here in just a minute, so we don't have time to take another f- call here, but we will take more on the other side of the break. Again, the number is 844-687-7669. Now, um, not to specifically single out Rebecca in the minute we have left here, Natasha, but you know, I'd asked you earlier, you know, what types of things would people recognize in their life where they might need to, to some of this guidance, some of this health? And I think Rebecca's story is is, uh, is a good example of that. Absolutely. So with this energy, like I say, things, all our feelings and our thinking is being amplified. So it's like we've been using 50-watt light bulbs and now there's a 500-watt light bulb and it's bringing everything in the surface to be healed. And so it's cleanup time, basically. And a lot of people are feeling this um, uh, stuff. And Rebecca would be a perfect candidate for quantum healing. And Erica, you know, anybody that wants to take, is ready for that leap, wants to be happy, is willing to um, use their courage to step out of the old and into the new, is, you know, they'd be perfect for it. So I'd encourage, if they don't come to me, to find somebody in their area that can, can work with them. Natasha is a quantum healer, an inspirer of intuitive intelligence and an author, and she can help people clear their ghosts from the past, alive or dead. Uh, Natasha, let's continue with our phone calls here because we have a lot of them. I don't know how many we're going to be able to get through, but we'll try to get through them all. Um, This is Arlene in Boston. Hi, Arlene. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jamie. And hi, Natasha. Um, My question's kind of a little bit complicated. Um, a great injustice happened to me at my job, and um, because of it, um, certain things changed, and, which is resulting in, like, um, hours cut and stuff. And um, I'm trying to decide. I know eventually I'm going to have to, like, drop them, <clears throat> but um, I'm not sure if I should go back to doing office work or do something more creative because right now... Um, I'm suffering from major pain in my hands, which is giving me also great stiffness. And I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to work certain kinds of manual labor jobs. 
Right. Okay, Aline, um, one thing I want to say about the great injustice is sometimes the universe will give us a proverbial kick up the bum to get out of a situation that we're not willing to relinquish, that isn't for our highest good. And I feel that it's funny because I just had a client today gone through exactly the same thing, and that's what came up is that she really wanted out of there. And I think you, on a deeper level, do. I think you answered your own question. I see you doing creative work. And I think the major pain in your hands can often come from, I'm not saying this is absolutely true, but it's a possibility that you might be feeling ill at ease in your body in this job and we create resistance in our body and it shows up as pain or aches or accidents or things like that. So I'd be very uh, supportive of you choosing a creative outlet, uh, doing what you love and maybe starting with half an hour, an hour a week, whatever you can manage, and start imagining, visualizing your hands and your whole body working beautifully because your body is really a perfect machine. And when we're happy and we're in our vibration and when we're creating and playing, which is what creating is, we just forget when we get into our bliss, which is a high frequency, a high frequency, and I feel like if you do that, you will start to feel better and do much better. Oh, good. I was I was <laughs> hoping for some kind of reinsurance because this Gemini of 51 years old, I feel like with my second act, I need to step out of my comfort zone, and I'm revisiting doing immersive theater, which I did right. back in 2008. Fabulous. So that's perfect. Go do it, girlfriend. Go make All it right. happen. Get happy. Get happy. Yeah, Arlene, thank, <laughs> thank you for the phone call. Let's go to uh, David. David is in Raytown, Missouri. Hi, David. Welcome to the show. Well, greetings. Uh, how are you folks tonight? Terrific. Uh, well? Yes, thank you. Okay. Well, um, I'm not stuck anywhere that I'm aware of. I'm happily married. I'm 66 years old. Um, and I've had a, a recurring situation probably over the past 20 years. And I've had, um, and more specifically, like in the last five years, I've had a number of people tell me when they encounter me where it's social settings and things that I'm an old soul. And when I inquire mm-hmm. deeper, I'm told, well, they can look in my eyes and see that I'm an old soul. And then I say that because I have a recurring dream at least once or twice a year where this black hooded figure that's faceless um, appears in a dream and behind them are Celtic arches and and fire in the background. That that uh, personage will move forward and reach out his hand or her hand, and then the dream just fades away. I've been told by at least three psychics that that's um, something from my past all the way back probably to the Druid period, the Druid time, reaching for me or towards me, to help me, to tell me something, to give me some information. I'm just kind of curious, what what, what is your thought on that? Because I'm not afraid of it. Um, I deal with it, and I move on, but I'm just kind of curious. It keeps happening. Well, David, this is fascinating, so thank you for sharing it with me. Um, what I get a couple of things. Uh, the dream, I often suggest to people that they finish off the dream the way they want it to be finished off. So, For example, this person might be reaching out, but you might reach back and say, what's the message? What do you want to tell me? And so you take a more proactive, um, you participate in the dream, and you make contact with this um, being, and this being may well be part of you or who you have been in the past life. Secondly, what I get is, I don't know if you're a writer, but I'm getting that you're meant to write something about this period in history. And when you begin to write it, because if you have been, it lived through that time, all that information will bubble up and you'll be writing things you don't even, can't even understand how you knew it. Um, the, what, the other thing, I don't know if you and your wife travel in an RV, a recreational vehicle at all, but I almost feel like I want to say to you, go from your RV 
get a computer and start writing and start talking. Name this person in the dream, give him a name, and develop a relationship with him until you do get the message. Hmm. Okay, but like I say, I'm not afraid of it. And I have, no. on two occasions, I've said, what? What do you want? Come on. And then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just The other thing away. you can like, do, David, is you play the role in the dream that you are the, um, you are the being in the cape, in the, the hooded person, that you mm-hmm. are that person. And go inside and say, what is it they're trying to say? But it's like role I'm, playing, I'm, but in a dream. Uh, but I'm not afraid of it. I mean, should I be afraid of it? I'm not going to be. No. I'm not going to give it no, that I power. No, I don't think so. If you, if you, you'd know. If you were afraid of it, you'd feel that fear. But because you're not afraid of it, I feel like it's just somebody. I actually, this could be soul retrieval. So it could be a piece of your soul that's um, lived in that time that's not complete with who they were, and you've uh, reincarnated since. But that soul needs some kind of healing. Mm-hmm. So you may be able to, from this lifetime, reaching back to who you have been, you might be able to help heal that that part of you. Mm-hmm. Well, so there's Brian, a few different okay. things there. Well, I certainly appreciate it. David, thank you so much for your phone call. Uh, we appreciate it and uh, sharing that with us. Let's go to Steve. Steve's in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Steve. Welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. Hey, JV. Hey, Natasha. How you doing? Hi, good. Good. I have a kind of a crazy question now. My brother and I and a friend of mine, when we were kids, we saw a, a flying saucer. It was a clearly defined metallic object in the sky. And the three mm-hmm. of us saw it, you know, when we were probably, you know, seven or eight years old. And I was just wondering, you know, what the, you know, what the heck it was. Are you asking our opinion it, on what you, what you may to, have yeah, seen? Yeah, you know, right. Is it, you know, like a military... Right. Uh, Thing, or was it yeah. really from out of space? Because the three of us saw it. I think, yeah. Steve, I wonder, I wonder if, sorry. Go ahead, Natasha. Steve, I wonder if you're asking if you you suspect whether you've been abducted or not. Is, is that what no, you're I asking? No, I haven't been abducted. I just, right, I just was thinking, you know, what what is this thing that we saw? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'll, I'll handle that for a second here, Natasha. Uh, you know, that's the, 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 that's probably a question that nobody's going to be able to answer if you can't answer it because you were the one that was there. Um, if other people saw it with you, clearly it was an experience of some kind. Where you are in Denver, um, obviously there's a lot of air traffic, so it could have been a military craft in, of some of some sort. If it behaved strangely in a way that you might not think an airplane or a, a helicopter or that type of, type of craft would behave, then, um, you know, it's very possible that, that you saw something that was not of terrestrial origin. I, I, we'll have to leave it in your lap there, Steve, because we don't have enough information to have anything conclusive. Natasha can't pick up on anything that like it was from Mike. I don't know. N- Natasha, can you pick up something, uh, you know, from, from another uh, source that well, might give you some more information? Yeah, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say I feel like it was a strange object, but I'm not too sure if it was extraterrestrial, actually. I'm not too sure. Um, like like uh, JV said, you know, um, believe me, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in UFOs and that kind of thing, but um, I'm, I'm feeling like it was, I'm not too sure if it was or not. I'm going to say that to you. Yeah, Stephen, I would recommend that uh, next time we have somebody on the show, in fact, next week um, we have uh, a guest that will be talking about UFOs and abductions. Someone with that expertise might be able to help you a little bit more definitively than either uh, Natasha or I can at this point. So, But thank you for calling, and thanks for uh, the question. Let's go to Darren. Darren's in New Orleans, Louisiana. Hey, no, hey, Darren, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, JV? Great, thank you. What, we need uh, your we need your age and a question for Natasha. I'm Darren. I'm 55, and I have a question about my financial future and or my career future. And do I need to change my career to change my financial future? Okay, Darren, do you have anything to do? This sounds like a weird question. Do you have anything to do with tractors right now, farm machinery? No. Uh, uh, do you have any interest in that area? At all? No. Okay. So it's a feeling, I don't know why I'm seeing, seeing farm, farm machinery, 
but it feels like you, I feel like the answer to your question is yes, that you do need to change uh, your career. I feel like you're moving actually away a little bit. I don't know if you're moving out of New Orleans or you're just moving northwest, uh, north-northwest uh, north, a little bit because there's something else for you. And I feel it's a bit of a change. It's taking you a little bit out of your um, your comfort zone, your comfort patterns. But actually, this kind of break, I feel like a little bit of a break out would be really good for you, and it would improve your finances. And I want to say, I feel like you're going to be having more fun in this new career. And I just feel like it's going to be something that, uh, it's a combination of you putting out your resume and people finding you. So, you know, you're meeting in the middle somehow. So I would definitely put your resume together and start putting it out there and see what comes back to you. Okay. All right, Darren? I take action, uh, yeah. So it's kind okay. of it's kind of up to you to take some action here, it seems. Yeah. All right. All right? Thank you all very much. Thank you for the phone call. You're welcome. I think we have time for one more. Let's go to Elizabeth, who has been waiting very, very patiently in Buffalo, New York. Hey, Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Oh, hi. Thank you very much for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I am, um, my name's Elizabeth. I am 62, and I have always had a companion since the first grade, a boyfriend, and then a marriage, and then another marriage, which lasted 20 years. So I am no longer married, and I'm wondering is there someone out there that I'm going to fall in love with again? A man. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. to clarify. Great question, Elizabeth. Great, great question. I'm going to say um, yes, but I'm feeling, and I don't know if you're feeling this too, that being on your own for a little while, and when I say a little while, it could be a year or two, and that's going to be up to you. So when you are emotionally ready... I feel this time could be very valuable to you just to really get to know who you are. And I feel that the person then that you end up attracting down the road, and I'm going to say either you or he likes cruising. I see you, one of you saying, come on, let's go get out in the water. So, but you need a little bit of a break in between, I feel. So I don't know how long you've been on your own already. Um, but it just feels like a little break several, and then in a several years and I, I'm perfectly capable to be on my own, but yes. I don't like to be alone. I'm, I'm so used to having a close friend and companion yeah. to hang pictures with and <laughs> go to yes. hard, no, the hardware store on Saturday and <laughs> those things. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Cause we're not meant, I don't, as, I don't feel as humans are meant to be alone unless we choose to be. But um, I don't know if you have go to Florida at all, but I'm seeing you near water and um, on boats. So I feel you're going to be around. So I hope you like the water and boats because it feels like that person really does. Yeah, Elizabeth, thank, I'm sorry. We're just out of time here. Thank sure. you for the phone call. And I, and I just want okay. to add that I, I think, Elizabeth, sounds like your heart is open to that. And if your heart is open yeah. to it, it'll probably find you uh, when it's a time, when it's time. But I also like uh, Natasha's advice. Uh, sometimes it's just good to find yourself. And it sounds like that's what, what you've been doing. So, Natasha, we are out of time. It's been a fantastic evening. Thank you so much for everything that you've done here tonight with us. And uh, one, more, one more time, give your website and any other information that you would like our listeners to know about. Okay, Thank you so much, JB. It's been great. My website address is natasharosewood.com. If anybody would like to uh, get more information, like to book a reading, buy a book, uh, the books would be very helpful to some of you, I can tell. So uh, just go to natasharosewood.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and I'm just starting a YouTube channel to give you tips on how to survive these interesting times. Yeah, we've got about 30 seconds here. The YouTube channel, is that just your name as well? Yes, it is. Natasha Rosewood. And uh, do you have a regular uh, show there? Is it a live show, or do you post videos on a regular basis? I'm just uh, starting to post videos, Mm -hmm. and they're very quick and short. Just little tips to help people get through their day. So I'm doing about three a week at the moment. I might increase that. 
but I am doing a Facebook Live once a week. So that's Facebook, uh, Natasha Rosewood, um, and you can find me there. Great. Again, thank you so much for your time tonight. You're very welcome, and love to everybody. Thank you to Natasha for being with us and doing all those readings. We had a lot of a lot of callers, a lot of readings. That's, that was a lot of fun, actually. Tomorrow night, of course, a best of program. When we come back Monday, we'll have Michael Mays on the show. He's a cryptid seeker and the and an author. He'll talk about chupacabras, black pumas, which keep coming up on the show recently. Orion, have you noticed that? I have. It's like three or four times in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, and and who who did the the, the film uh, about them re, uh, last month too? That was another one. Yeah, I don't remember, but yeah. I know here we yeah. are on the spot. But I know. Don't do that to me. It was it was <laughs> it was Linda Godfrey. Oh right, that's exactly right. Yeah, it was Linda. Um, yeah. So anyway, we'll be talking about that with Michael Mays Monday night, and also he'll talk about his recent trip to Area X, and then Tuesday, Kathleen Martin, UFO researcher and author, will talk to us about what to do when you've been abducted. And I think um, our a caller in the last hour uh, should call in. I think it was Steve. Yeah, in Denver. Steve in Denver. Yeah, that'd be a great night for him to call in and ask his question. All right, that's going to do it for tonight. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Thank you all. We'll see you next time. Beyond Reality Radio is hosted by Jason Hawes and J.V. Johnson and produced by Alexandria Johnson and Slick Eddie Edwards for Intercom Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is distributed by Westwood One Radio Networks. Stop by our Facebook page and say hello. Follow the hosts on Facebook as well. For Jason Hawes, follow at JasonHawes.taps. For J.V. Johnson, follow at JVJParanormal. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Radio or you have a suggestion for a guest, contact Slick Eddie Edwards at SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our chat room as well at beyondrealityradio.com. Thanks for listening.